0: Go check out platform.com that's P L T four M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might've missed. Don't forget to check out at coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag hog football chat. When you're there, we have a great episode for you today. So let's go ahead and kick this off. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today, I have got Coach Chance Hester with me. Coach Hester is currently the offensive line coach and special teams coordinator at St. John High School. He played his high school football at Calvary Baptist in Shreveport, Louisiana. Played college ball at East Texas Baptist University. Got his coaching career started at Calvary Baptist from 2013 to 2015, where he helped the team win two state championships as a varsity assistant defensive back coach. And junior high special teams coordinator, moved on to St. Michael High School, where he became a linebacker coach and special team coordinator from 2016 to 2017, and he's been at St. John High School since 2018, coaching the offensive line and special teams coordinator. Coach Hester, glad to have you. How's it going? Oh, it's going good. I'm ready
1: to just get back to life and get back <laughs> to my kids and start, you know, getting some football going again. You know, when you only have, you know, every coach feels, you know, like they're their players or their kids but when you're at a school like mine and you only have 25 kids on the roster they you you really feel like they're your kids right. so I, I'm missing them and I'm ready to get
0: back that's a that's a different um that's a different relationship with those guys than when you know the some of these schools that have 180 kids now that's not saying you have good close relationships but still you've got a special relationship with each and every one of your guys
1: yeah absolutely it's just yeah. um uh, I've been at the school I was at previously was a 4A school, but wasn't a huge 4A school. So, we had about 60 players, and, and that's what I had at Calvary Baptist about. So, and I, I still remember every jersey number those kids wore at Calvary and St. Michael's. So, I mean, now that I'm at a school where it's so small, it's it, it's insane. You know everything that's going on in their lives, stuff that you shouldn't know, um, that they feel the need to tell you. Uh, but you, you feel like you know every everything down to their shoe size. It, it's, right. There's much you don't know about them.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I know what you mean, 100%. Um, sorry about that. I was muted there. Um, first question I've got for you, and, and you've been at, at some, a couple different schools and won some state titles. Uh, talk to me a little bit about how important the offensive line was to the success of those teams. You know, it's
1: everything. When I was at Calvary, um, our head coach was our offensive line coach. Uh, so obviously, you know, if it's the most important thing to the head coach, it's the most important thing to everybody. Um, and and we didn't have really any big time offensive linemen at Calvary where I was privileged to be a part of two state title teams. You know, we had um, Shea Patterson, who's, you know, the quarterback recently left Michigan and is now with the Chiefs. Uh, we had two skill guys that went to Arizona. We had Greedy Williams from the Cleveland Browns. We had Rodarius Williams, his brother, that's at Oklahoma State. And we had Chance Sylvie, the free safety that's at Oklahoma. So we had skill guys that really have just gone on to be big-time studs. But our offensive line was a bunch of just blue-collar football players, guys that didn't play college ball, guys that weren't very big, being a 2A school. I mean, I think our biggest lineman probably weighed 205. Um but they were just so well coached by our head coach that it's – you know, it doesn't matter how good your skill positions guys are if, if he has no time to throw. I mean, Shea Patterson's an incredible football player, but if we didn't block for him, it didn't matter how good he was. Right. Um, so, it's been incredible – it was incredibly vital to our success at Calvary. Um, you know, and same thing at St. Michael and St. John. I mean, it, um, you know, our best – our team MVP this year on our entire roster at St. John was our center. Um. And when I first nominated him to be MVP, our head coach kind of chuckled. He was like, dude, name, name a thing we did well this year on offense that didn't involve that kid. Right. And when he thought about it, you know, the, the award went to that young man. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's everything that, you know, No, fo- if you, you cannot name a great football team that doesn't have a great O-line at any level that's had any amount of success. Uh, and so it, it's the driving force behind winning and losing
0: right absolutely i mean and and it's it it truth it truly is i mean that's that's you know that's a testament to that kid for getting that m v p award because you're right it's 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 we're often unsung, but um without us a lot of a lot of teams aren't getting getting the job done um you know throughout the whole season so it's it's definitely an important part um talk to me a bit about you know you spent time, and i know you've kind of expressed you've asked me some questions about this sometimes, but you know, you were a, a DB coach, a linebacker coach, and, and now switching over to offensive line. Talk to me a little bit about that process um, and what not necessarily struggles, but what, what concerns maybe you've had during that, that changeover.
1: You know, it was definitely kind of out of left field. Whenever I made the switch, um, I played nothing but defense growing up. Um, you know, my, uh, my dad was my youth football coach uh just like he coached both my older brothers and my mm-hmm. younger brother mm-hmm. and so you know we were all really taught that defense wins championships and that defense was life uh by my dad my dad's an old you know Oakland Raiders fan and just that nasty kind of football is what he taught us right and you know and i grew up just playing nothing but defense i played linebacker and then i switched to db in and col- uh early in high school then played linebacker and then played db in college and so all i really knew was was defense and special teams. Cause I, I love special teams. So, um, what was funny is that our, uh, our offensive line coach at St. John was, uh, uh, he's a, he owns a hospice company. So he was a CECP. So he just came, he was an afternoon coach. He came at three o'clock every day. Right. Um, and you know, his, his son was getting ready to graduate and he, um, business was busy and so he kind of just told our head coach like look I don't think I'll have the time this year he said I can come a few days a week but not enough to be the O-line coach because it's an everyday thing right and um so I coached the D-line my first year at St. John which was a change but still on the defensive side of the ball and then our head coach walked to my classroom one day and said hey you're coaching the O-line this year you'll do great and kind of just walked out
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, I was like at first, I was panicked because I, I knew nothing about the offensive line. Um, I mean, I knew how important it was. Um, you know, my best friend still to this day was a, an all-state center on our high school football team. So, obviously, I knew, you know, how important the offensive line was. My oldest brother was an offensive lineman in high school. And so mm-hmm. – um, but I knew nothing about coaching it, you know, about X's and O's. You know, I just – I knew what everybody screams on Friday night. I knew block somebody. Right. Um, But, you know, diving into it, it's been a challenge. You know, I'm not going to lie and say that it was, you know, a piece of cake. It was really difficult to really get into and learn, you know, what you need to know because there's so much that goes into it. It's more than just, you know, lock your hands and drive your feet and move somebody. There's so much more about it. It's there's just – it's a very – I don't want to say it's a very difficult position to play. It really is. I mean, there's so much. No, you can
0: say it. You can say it. It's, I agree with you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not an easy position to play. Probably the only thing I think that's harder in football is probably quarterback. It's probably the only position that's probably harder than the offensive line. Right. Um, just because as the quarterback, you have to know everybody's job, every play, and, you know, it's, and it's a difficult spot. But other than that, offensive line's the hardest position probably in sports other than quarterback. Um, you know, you have to be able to, and especially at a school like ours, where you know my starting left guard this year was a freshman who was five foot eight and probably weighed about a buck sixty. Oh wow! Um, and he was really good because he had great technique. And that's the thing about the offensive line is, yeah, being six six, three hundred pounds is awesome, but if you have bad technique, it doesn't matter how big you are. Right. Um, those guys usually get moved to defense in college is, you know, when they're that big and they come into a college program, you know, they might've been a tackle in high school, but you might realize that they don't have great technique. Um, and so, you know, I had a freshman that had great technique. So him being a runt didn't really matter because he could get underneath somebody and when he moves his feet, he could get the job done. Um, so I had to learn really that you didn't have to be a monster to be a great offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a, at the one, a level, I had a six-foot-three, 270-pound left tackle who was probably our fourth-best offensive lineman, even though he was a monster compared to the other four. Right. Um, You know, I just – I really had to learn how to teach great technique um, because with having smaller guys, that's the only way they can win is to have great technique because they're not going to be much stronger than their opponents and they're not going to be bigger. Um, But if I could teach them to have great technique – um, i I could teach them to be successful, and that 's really once I learned that it definitely made things easier uh but it 's still a process that i 'm learning every day from everyone that I can uh to try to be the best coach I can be because the kids deserve it
0: right absolutely and that 's i mean it's it's uh it 's one of those positions like you said i mean it is you know it is a difficult position to learn um but i don 't think it 's an overly once you learn it, and once you kind of get the nuts and bolts, especially from a coaching standpoint, though, it, it, you know if you do even a decent job, but those players believe in you, it they're gonna they're gonna do everything they can to to make you proud. You know they're they're gonna run through a brick wall, so to speak. I know that's cliche, but um, they're gonna do everything they can to make you proud because that's that's just how linemen are. That's our mentality. That's how we think and breathe and. Uh, you know, we are, we are, um, we are people pleasers by, by nature. So they're going to, they're going to do everything they can to, to make sure you're successful.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you know, with, with the guys that I had being like an undersized group and a lot of guys that didn't want to play O-line and didn't think that they could play O-line and really just convincing them that if they would just buy into what we're selling, then they'll be successful. Um, you know, and that's part of the reason our center, you know, I'm not taking any credit for our center's football ability being the MVP because he earned every bit of it, but the relationship me and him had, I think, definitely contributed to his belief in himself to be so successful, um, because he, he wasn't very big. I mean, he was a pretty good size 1A offensive line. You know, he's 5'10", probably 200 pounds, Mm -hmm. um, you know, but his work ethic is what made him so great. And and I think him having an offensive line coach that, you know, really just told him that this was his offensive line. And when I gave him that ownership, you could definitely see a change in him. Right. Because uh, he didn't want to let me down. He didn't want to let down the other four guys because he felt a responsibility. Because they were all underclassmen. He was really the only experienced senior starter we had on the offensive line. Uh, so he felt a responsibility to me and to those other four guys that he really was responsible for it. I mean, there were plenty of plays where he'd, you'd see him whisper into the guard and tackle about what they're supposed to do on this play. Like, and it was a routine that he did almost every play where he wanted to make sure that the other four knew exactly what they were doing right. uh, on every play. Like, he would sometimes look at him like, you got it? And that's all he would say. And they'd be like, yeah. And he'd and we'd snap the ball and we'd roll. But he wanted to make sure that if there was something he could fix, even if it wasn't with him, he, could, mm-hmm. he, would, he would fix it.
0: All right. That's awesome. That's great. As a, as a former center, I'm proud of that kid. So that's, that's great. Um, you know, I, I've, I've got to changing gears a little bit. I got to ask you, uh, about your brother. Uh, you know, I, I, I remember watching your brother, Jacob play, um, high school football on TV and college football, and then played in the NFL, uh, for quite a long time. What, what was it like? And I hate to talk about him during your time, but what, what was it like growing up, um, with him as your brother, you know, having a, a, you know, a guy in the NFL and a guy playing major college football, what was he, was he supportive of you? Did, was he able to come to your games? You know, what, what was it like having him as a, as a, still having him as a brother?
1: No, I mean, it definitely had its challenges and it's, you know, and the good parts of it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, one of the good parts was that, you know, not many people get to live at home with their favorite football player. Right. Uh, And I did, Uh, you know, Jacob was, and still is, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, my favorite college football player of all time is Vince Young. But, uh, you know, Jacob hates that when I say that. But uh, (laughs) my favorite NFL player and high school player for sure is my brother. Um, You know, and it was just – it was so cool to just get to watch him kind of grow from, you know, not a lot of people know Jacob played nose guard until his junior year of high school. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, wasn't huge. Like, Jake weighed 250 pounds in high school. He was big. But as far as nose guards go, like, most nose guards are bigger than 5'11", 250. Right. Um, and Jake was – you know, he you know, did all he could. And he was a great nose guard. You know, he was on a state championship, a national championship team, as an eighth grader on special teams at Evangel. Um, and then his junior year, um, the – you know, I think it was the uh, receiver coach, uh, who is now his father-in-law, uh, told the OC and the head coach at Evangel. Look, this guy runs like a four or five and got him a nose guard. Like let's just <laughs> keep the ball and see what happens. Uh and then it was just, you know, history after that. You know, it was it was really cool to see his recruiting process and um it actually helped me as a coach because now that I'm helping kids go through their recruiting process right. like seeing Jake get recruited, I was able to feed through kind of the genuine coaches, what coaches are kind of just feeding you stuff to make you feel good and um you know, it definitely benefited me, and you get to see, you know, guys like Les Miles and Nick Saban coming to your house, you know, to to recruit your brother. And you get to see that, you know, and I'll – I'll to my dying day, even though I hate Alabama because I'm an LSU fan, right. Nick Saban one of the most genuine human beings I've ever met. And I met him when I was young. But, you know, he only coached my brother for one season, and he called my brother three years later on draft day to congratulate him because, you know, Nick's really – a tremendous coach everybody knows that but he's also a great
0: man right Uh, that's awesome
1: but you know it it was difficult at times being his little brother strictly because um when I was in the sixth grade I transferred to Calvary Uh, I was an Evangel kid and a lot of stuff went down at Evangel with some coaches getting let go that were really close to my family so my brother was a senior so he was like look I can't leave but when I'm gone like you need to go to that because they were all going to Calvary, the school across town. Right. Um, which Calvary didn't even have a high school at the time. They were <laughs> uh, just up to eighth grade, and the Evangel guys were starting up a high school. Um, so I ended up playing for Calvary, but all the coaches had coached my brother. Right. Um, so the expectations were very high. Um, you know, not not from a really a performance standpoint, because, you know, like, you know i was i had good enough coaches that didn't expect me to be a five star recruit uh, just because my brother was um but they definitely when it came to how hard i worked and leadership they expected me to be as good if not better than jacob right uh, cuz i'm more of a people person than jacob is um so i had the leadership qualities that he didn't really develop i think until lsu uh, i had him in high school um but now, obviously, he has, like, three radio shows. So, pe- being a people person is, like, his thing now. He kind of just developed it as he became a college and pro athlete. Right. Um, but then getting to see him at LSU was, was incredible. I mean, I had never been – I'd lived in Louisiana my whole life. I've never lived anywhere else, really, other than when I was at ETBU. And I had never been to Tiger Stadium. I'd never seen an LSU football game. Um, and his first game – I wasn't even an LSU fan. I liked Texas growing up. Um, and then first LSU game, I was, I was done. I was hooked. There was nothing like it. (laughs) Um, and so getting to see him and getting to see him finally get his opportunity to carry the ball a lot, his uh, junior and senior year, uh, meant a lot to my family and obviously meant a lot to me because he's still my favorite football player, even though I'm 28 years old. I'll, I'll unashamedly say that my big brother's my favorite football player just because I don't think many people played football harder than he did. Right. Um, You know, I think he was a throwback player. Uh, We always joke that he played five years in the NFL um, and played well. But if he played, you know, in 99 or 2000 when fullbacks were still more of a big thing, he probably would have been a pro bowler every year. Right. Uh, But, you know, he was just a little bit past his time uh, with the style of play that you see in the NFL nowadays. Yeah. but, you know, him getting to have a brother go to the NFL was, was so cool because you never think – it. you know, you grow up knowing your brother's really good at football, but you never know he's that good at football until, you know, you see him go to LSU and win a national title and be a team captain with Les Miles and, um, you know, and then get his name called on draft day, which was just unbelievable. And then, you know, five years in the league, and I, I think it should have been longer. I'm still kind of salty at the Denver Broncos for a <laughs> A cut that they made uh I guess almost seven years ago now, but I, you know I hold grudges when it comes to uh, hey, a brother that's so, family absolutely, so I'm still a little salty at the Broncos, but no, having jacob as a brother's been challenge, was challenging a little bit as a as a uh, you know
0: being a football player
1: myself, but as a brother and as a fan, it's something that I really just couldn't imagine my life without now
0: right that's awesome that that i mean that's i mean that's that's how it should be you know you should be. Proud and he should be your favorite player and and so that's um that's cool you know that's again one of those situations i didn't want to focus too much on that, but it's not too often you get to to interview somebody who's got a quote unquote famous big brother so uh had to ask um but. no
1: it's it's uh it's something I love talking about um you know i when I was a teenager I probably would have been like god oh, like whatever <laughs> um but no i, I love, I'm so proud of Jake you know we both live down here in uh near LSU now so right uh, I was here first even though he says he had a four-year jump on me I said yeah but I moved down here as an adult before you did so yeah, you, right. you, followed, you followed me down here <laughs> uh, but no it, it's been tremendous and to see the success he's having now um he's everywhere with radio and on the sidelines working for LSU and stuff and and Mm -hmm. to see him back working with LSU is I know he loves it. So I love it. Getting to watch, Um, you know, this past season was obviously really fun for him and um, getting to work with the team again, not just covering the team, but actually working with the team. I know he's having a blast and his kids love it. His kids are, you know, obsessed with his oldest is obsessed with Joe Burrow. I think he'd probably faint if he met him in person. And, <laughs> um, you know, and his his little kids are all starting to really get into football. So right. they're starting to understand who dad was because uh, they I don't think they really understood uh, until now that they're starting to understand football and play football themselves. So it's it's really cool to kind of see um, him back at LSU and how much fans still love him. Everywhere we go, they still want to talk about. The Florida game, and you know the for all the fourth downs he converted, and um, how people still remember that and still want to talk about it. it it's just really cool, and um, it's hilarious when they want him to take pictures with their children, and they say, "Yeah, he he loved watching you play." And I'm like, "Dude, your kid's six. He wasn't alive <laughs> when they played, but <laughs> but he'll sign the autograph anyway. You don't have to like you know, Yeah,
0: right. don't yeah don't have to suck up. He's a nice guy. Just just <laughs> just ask him. Absolutely. That's funny. Well, Coach, last question I've got for you. And, and um, again, this is one of those ones that, that might be difficult for you as a, a new offensive lineman. But um, if you could put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen from guys maybe you played with um, or guys you've coached or guys you were just a fan of as, as you were growing up with football, who would be on that five-man offensive line? Okay. Um, I was going to go with just people I've watched, but you said people I played with are coach.
1: So that changes the whole game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I'm going to start off first with my center from this past year. Um, his name's Parker. Um, you know, he's graduating as, you know, because everybody always jokes about O linemen being big dummies, but people don't realize O linemen are some of the, they're always usually like 4.0 guys. Like oh, they're yeah. usually like some of the smartest people. And like tomorrow we're doing, we're celebrating quote unquote graduation. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not really traditional, but we're going to go kind of, let the seniors drive through and get their diplomas and honor them. And and he's the salutatorian. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to put Parker on my Mount Rushmore because I've never seen a kid take what God gave him and do so much with it. Right. Um, You know, he was, he was honored to play in the red stick bowl down here, which is our all-star game for the whole Baton Rouge area. Um, As a, as a one, a kid, he got picked for it and, you know, just hung his own with five, a guys and really just looked, was awesome with it. Right. Um, so, Parker's number one. Number two, I got to say Tony Baselli. Okay. Um, you know, I, for some reason, I don't know why, because they make me cry every weekend when, in football season, but I've been a Jaguars fan since I was eight years old. <laughs> um, I don't know why. I grew up in a household where um, there was no favorite team, really. Right. Uh, we all kind of had our own. And so, I, the Jaguars were kind of new. When I got into football, so I just kind of picked them. Okay, and I've been with them ever since. You know, most of the years have. My nephews make fun of me. My nephew, my oldest nephew's ten. The youngest is four, and they all make fun of me because I'm a Jaguars fan. (laughs) Uh, And I'm like, look, you know, I'm. We've had four good years in 25. Okay, that's not. It's not too bad. Right. Um, Could be worse. Tony Tony Baselli should be in the Hall of Fame already. It's a travesty that he's not. They say it's because he didn't play that long. I mean, look, just because he didn't play 15 years doesn't mean he wasn't the most dominant left tackle in the NFL while he was playing. Right. Uh, Tony Baselli is a monster. Um, I'm glad he's doing well now. I don't know if you knew, but he he uh, was diagnosed with coronavirus. I did. I
0: did hear that. And I'm Um, yeah.
1: He's been a big advocate for people like you know following precautions because he said like I'm you know six four, six five, huge guy, and he said it almost killed me. Um so I'm glad he's doing better um but Tony was just he was a monster man and you got to remember like you'll remember coach like when he played there were some nasty defensive ends in the NFL yeah uh you know Reggie White all those guys and he held his own against all of them um and so t- so I got to say Parker and Tony vaselli are my top 2
0: okay
1: um, and um god you know it gets it gets tough after there, but I got to say <laughs> Willie Willie Rolf is up there for me okay um, you know, being a Louisiana guy, you know, he's from Louisiana Tech. Uh, and then went on to play for the Saints. And so he's kind of a, really a big icon here for O-line in Louisiana. Uh, he was just a monster. Um, just mauled people. Uh, loved watching him play when I was very little. So that was one of the first experiences I really got with, you know, noticing offensive lineman was, was Rolf. And then my fourth, um, I'm going to say a current guy. Quentin Nelson is a beast. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's not many. He is, he's a kind of guy like, you know, like there's some guys that are like, oh, well, he played in the 70s, but he couldn't make it today. Quentin Nelson could play guard from the first moment they invented football until 20 years from now.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: because he's just, I mean, in the run game, it's just, I mean, obviously his pass protection is great and you can't hate on it, but his run, I mean, he just, he hurts people. It, lo- it really looks like it, he's back in high school sometimes that he's not playing against professionals. Yeah. Um, and so that's who I tell a lot of my kids to go watch. Um, I tell them, go watch Quentin Nelson. I said, I know you're not that big. I know you're not that strong. I said, but just watch his feet, watch the way he just gets underneath and drives people. And it's just, it's a great, um, it's a it's great film to watch. You know, I tell them to watch Quentin Nelson and, um, you know, Kelsey from the Eagles. I tell them to watch Joe Thomas like that. And so Nelson's probably the number one guy that I send my kids footage of. Yeah. Um, but you know, I would say Rolf, um, the Quentin Nelson and my guy Parker and you know, I'm going to catch flack for it. Cause he's a friend of my brothers. But if I have, if I, if I could pick a fifth, I'd say Kevin Mawai. Okay. Uh, love Kevin Mawai. Obviously he's all the way Louisiana guys from Leesville, Louisiana, which is if you blink, you'll miss it. <laughs> um, but, um. The Leesville Wampus Cats, which has got to be the coolest nickname of any high school football team.
0: That's pretty sweet.
1: Um, which I don't even know what a Wampus Cat is, but I don't want to fight it. Um, but, you know, Kevin was a baller everywhere he was. Uh, you know, now he's getting uh kind of help the next generation at Arizona State. And, you know, I'm sure he's a tremendous recruiter for them. I know Louisiana started sending a good bit of guys to Arizona State, and I know Kevin's behind that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I know you're supposed to pick four, but if, but I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat and pick five. No, you're allowed. Be-
0: I, you can pick five. I make it a five-man round rushmore. I change I change the rules.
1: Okay, good. So yeah, you're good. You can't leave Kevin Mawai off the list, especially being from Louisiana, because they might make me go live in Mississippi, and I'm yeah. not going to live in Mississippi.
0: Yeah, they might come after you for that one for sure.
1: Yeah. So I would say Kevin Mawai, Baselli, Willie Rolfe, Quentin Nelson, and my center Parker from this past season are the five guys I want to go to war with if i'm if i'm putting a ball down tomorrow
0: awesome awesome i like it. it's great 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 choices great picks um, well coach do me a favor real quick before we get you out of here drop your twitter handle uh and any other information you want the listeners to know uh before we uh, let you go
1: i'm uh at coach hester 27 uh you know i used to try to put the uh um the name of the school or the abbreviation but you know it's too difficult <laughs> um so i just go with my old number 27 um, so at Coach Hester 27 is my Twitter. Um, I love, you know, I, 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 follow, I go on a following spree about every Monday night near at hog football yeah. chat, <laughs> just trying to, you know, I really, as a younger offensive line coach, especially a guy who never played offensive line, I don't answer many of the questions, but I screenshot everyone's answers, right. uh, so that I can use them later. Uh, so it's a great resource for me, especially a guy, cause you know, none of the guys on the chat really try to come in and sound like too smart. They really just say in layman's terms, what they do to be successful. And it's really helpful for me as a, as a new offensive line coach who, I mean, I've been coaching football now for eight years, but you know, just one year as an offensive line coach. So I'm, I'm a baby when it comes to that. And so Mm -hmm. having it explained so simply about how, and look at how different people do it that run different styles of offense. Um, really helps me a lot because you never know where you're going to end up and where the offensive coordinator or the head coach is going to say, hey, I know you've been running the air raid for six years, but we run the wing T. Right. Uh, and so being on the chat, I'm able to see, you know, everybody's point of view. And it's so simple. They, they put it in terms that are so easy to understand and for a guy like me to be able to screenshot and then pull it up with practice on Monday and be like, look, uh, when we do this drill and I'm swiping through pictures on my phone, uh, we're going to do this. And, and it's, it's really helpful for me. So I'm a, I'm a big proponent, big fan of
0: the Hog uh, football chat. Well, good. Well, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad when you hop on there and, you know, even if you don't participate too much, I'm glad you can get something out of it. That's, you know, that's, that's why we do it. So, um, Coach, I appreciate you coming on and talking to me this afternoon. You know, hopefully you guys are staying healthy and staying safe. Um, good luck this upcoming season and, and looking forward to talking with you more down the road. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. All right. Thanks, Coach. Thanks again for everyone listening and remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of hog football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support and be on the lookout for our hog football chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome.